So good. Thank you. I mean, you look at heroes in the Bible like Joseph and Daniel, and you'll see that they are both anointed to do business and to, uh, to be faithful and to be good stewards in what God's called them to. And they, of their own heart, become a blessing to those around them. And then they're anointed for the supernatural. And uh, they become a blessing. And it's so, it's so good. You know, uh, in fact, what I'm going to ask you to do if, is take a moment. Let's stand, please. So here's what I would like. You know, we've been, we believe in the power of declaration. And so I'm going to read out a declaration based on a prophetic word that Annie Bluin gave us at the start of the year that's really around this explosion of the kingdom. And I, I'm going to share, I'm going to read it out to you. You tell me, we don't have to tell me. If you agree with it, then we'll say it together. And if you don't agree with it, that's, that's cool. Don't say it. But here's what, it, here's what the declaration is. And this is, again, based out of a prophetic word that we've entered a new era of kingdom expansion to the world and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's expansion, promotion, upgrade, and provision time for us. And so that's a, that's a word that God gave us. And what I want us to do is I want us to declare that back to the Lord as a, as a declaration of his promise and uh, apply our faith to it to say, yeah, we believe it's going to happen. So it's not just a wishful thinking, empty word out there, but we actually agree with it and partner with it, okay? So let's make this together. So I'm going I'm to call and you can repeat. So we declare we have entered a new era of kingdom expansion to the world and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we declare its expansion, promotion, upgrade and provision time for us in Jesus' mighty name by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do we say, we agree? Amen, come on. Thank you, you can have a seat. You know, our, our passion, well, the, you know, the, the Bible says that the, that the earth is the Lord's and the earth is full of the glory of the Lord, right? In other words, everywhere you go, you can encounter the glory of the Lord because he's there already. There's a truth that we bring the kingdom with us, that we, that we carry the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and so we're carrying the kingdom. But there's another truth uh, that says that actually when we arrive somewhere, the Holy Spirit is already there because the earth is filled with the glory of God. And so the good news of, is that in your workplace, God is already there at work. God is already moving in power. We're not, we're not just showing up and then God shows up. God's already there. He's moving. But our passion is that the earth would not just be filled with the glory of God, which is true, but as Habakkuk and Isaiah say, that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. In other words, it's not just that we, that we know he's there, but we actually release him and experience, in our experience of him, in the overflow of our lives, we allow others around us to come into the very same experience and they get to experience the, the knowledge of the glory of God. And so that's what we're looking for. That's what we're believing God for, that you and I, as we carry the kingdom, as we carry the power of righteousness and the power of the Holy Spirit, wherever we go, there's knowledge of the glory of God because God is on the move in and amongst us. And, um, and the, but the key for us is being able 
to be secure in who God's made us to be and being able to release what God is doing and partner with him in obedience. And so we make that declaration and we agree this is what God wants to do and God wants to do that through us. And his purpose is to reveal himself in us, reveal himself to us, and then reveal himself through us. And that's good news. The mission of Jesus, Jesus' mission on the earth was to reveal to us the Father. He said, he came and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His mission was to take us to the Father to reveal just how good and how kind the Father was. The one who had sent Jesus, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world. God loved the world in this way that he gave us his only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish. God's passion and his desire is that the whole world would know and be filled with the glory of God. The whole world would know his love. But it starts with us experiencing that love. We're his carriers. We're his, 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 his vessels. And, and so the mission of Jesus, part of the mission was to, uh, was to reveal the Father. And in doing so, he was going to go to the cross at the will of the Father and, and die a death that we deserve to receive the punishment that was due to us because of the sin, because of our own sin. And he, he took that upon himself. And when he went into the grave, all of our sin was punished. All of our sin was dealt with. The Bible says that God remembers our sin no more. It's like he's picked it up and he's hurled it into the sea. That's the good news of the gospel. That when, and then that when, we, when Christ died, we died. And when he was buried, we were buried. And when, we, when he was raised to life, we were raised to life as new creations. We've got God on the inside as a new creation, an incorruptible seed of righteousness on the inside of us. You've gone from being in a battle against sin that you can't win to now being in a battle with sin that you can't lose. Because you have the power of God on the inside of you, the glory of heaven. And Jesus came to take us back to the Father. It says, Hebrews chapter 2, I think, that he led many sons to glory. His mission was for each one of us to lead us back to his glory, back into the presence of God, so that when Jesus was ascended, we were ascended. When he was glorified, we were glorified. We're now seated with him in heavenly places. Not because of the good things that we've done. Not because of our own righteousness, not because of the life that we've managed to craft for ourselves and do really good and become somebody. Actually, the Bible says that we were sinners. We were angry. We hated God. We were dead and without hope. And yet Christ has caused us to come alive. And that was through the will of the Father. The Father's love for us is that while we were absolutely miserable, stuck dead in sin and absolutely hating him, he loved us so much to win him to us. Come on. That's the good news, right? That's the glorious gospel. It's the Father's love. The, love the, the Father was so loving that when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell short, taking all of humanity with, him, with them, that the Father said, no, we're not having this. And he said, who am I sending? And Jesus said, here I am, Lord, send me. They had a plan to come and rescue us and for us to reveal, for them to reveal the Father's love and to bring us back into his goodness and his grace and his kindness, not based on our own ability, but based on his affections for us. You know, that I've said this before, but I want to say it again. You are God's happy thought. Every time God thinks about you, he smiles. 
And you can say, well, that can't be true because you haven't seen the shape of my life. Does he angry with my sin? Well, he doesn't like your sin, but you're no longer a sinner. You're a son. You're a saint, the Bible says, that you are his affection. You are the object of his affection. You know, you, we live in his smile. He, we are his happy thought and his, his mission, the life of Jesus is now credited to you and I. You know, the truth of the gospel is that, that we stand before God the Father right now, according to Colossians 1, 22, 23, holy and blameless in his sight. That the Father remembers your sin no more. That you are the object of his affection. When the same thing that, Jesus, that the Father said to Jesus as, uh, at the baptism of you are my son whom I love in you I'm well pleased. The Father speaks the very same thing over you. You are the object of his affection. I am the object of his affection. He loves us unconditionally, powerfully, without regret. Just take a moment, if you want to, put your hand over your heart and say, I am my daddy's favorite. The Bible says that the same love that the father had for Jesus, which was perfect love, he has for us. John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer. He's praying just before he's going to go to the cross. And it's a prayer of unity. It's a prayer of mission. It's a prayer of consecration. It's a prayer for protection. It's a prayer for purity for all of us. Jesus is praying that for us. You know that he's ever living to make intercession for us. Jesus is interceding for each one of us right now for his plan and his purpose to be fulfilled in us. But Jesus, at the end of that prayer, he prays this in John 17, verse 26. He says, he's praying to the Father, I made known to them, his disciples, and therefore to us, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus' passion, Jesus' ministry right now by the Holy Spirit is to continue to reveal to us who we are in him and his absolute love for us. And that, that, that the Father loves us the same way that he loves Jesus, who is himself. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Not based on our performance, but based on the righteousness of Christ. And that's the glorious gospel. But the, 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 the truth of the gospel is that, yes, we stand before him holy and blameless and above reproach, righteous in his sight, that if we were to die today, we would go straight to heaven if we believe in Jesus, just like the thief on the cross who was hung next to Jesus, unable to do anything, unable to move, unable to live any righteous life at all. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you enter, come into paradise. And Jesus says, Jesus is like, You're gonna, I'll, I'll see you there, son unable to do nothing, powerless to do anything, and yet the love of the Father meets him because he has a revelation of who Jesus is and he sees the perfection of Jesus. And so that's true that we stand holy and blameless and above reproach, but there's also this truth that we actually need to come into a greater realm of fullness and freedom and, uh, and a manifestation of the truth of who we already are in Christ Jesus. We're holy and righteous and blameless in our nature, but yet we need to have our minds and our thoughts transformed so that we become more and more and more like him, right? And, and so this is, the, this, is the, this is the truth. This is the, the reality for us is that we are perfect and yet not made perfect yet. 
that we are holy and blameless, and yet there's still things, thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors in our minds that need to get transformed and renewed. And the issue with those is not that it causes, that those, that those shortcomings in our lives cause us to, to no longer be loved by the Father. No, we're absolutely loved by the Father. But part of the Father's love for us is that he's not just saved us, but he's given us purpose. He's not just made us right before him, but his rightness, our rightness before him is a purpose that he's given to us to fulfill in his great heart of love. That's why Paul says in, two, two, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are Christ's workmanship created in our union with Christ to do good, to do good works. The, the Father knows that he, part of his love for us is that we get to step into his mission. There's nothing like having a mission to, and, and having a purpose that brings us joy and fulfillment, right? And so Jesus' mission is to keep making the Father known to us so that we can get anchored in his love and we can experience more and more of his love. And as we do so, we get transformed on the inside and all the things that are causing us to not live in fullness of the purpose that he has for us, to, to get unwound so that we can enter into the fullness of his purpose because he has good works for each one of us to do. And the things that are stopping us from doing those things for stepping into the fullness is actually mindsets on the inside of us. Where we get in bondage and we get stuck in unbelief and we get caught in ways that mean that we don't fulfill all of God's purpose for us. And his passion and his desire, Jesus' mission right now, is that he's revealing more and more and more of the Father to us, that we could experience more and more of the life of heaven and become more and more like Jesus. To be Christ-like is to actually experience the Father's love and to know that we are loved unconditionally. To be Christ-like is to have all of the issues of the heart undone in the Father's love that we could step in and say, here I am, I'm going to do your will. And I'm going to be obedient. And it's those issues of the heart that stop us. And so let me, let me illustrate how that works for you, okay? Let me just, I had this experience um, the other, Friday and then yesterday. It was a long experience and I'll try and sort of trim it down a little bit. But, you know, many of you will know, if you've been around before, uh, that I love coffee. I, um, I, I'm, I'm not one of those like aficionados that can smell and know exactly what's in there. You know, sometimes you read on the label and it says it's watermelon with notes of cherry and of almond and vanilla. And I'm like, no, it smells like coffee. I can smell something, but I'm not sure what it is, right? I'm not quite there yet. I've got some friends who are helping me with that. But I like my coffee. And um, a few years ago, uh, some friends of mine clubbed together and uh, unbeknownst to me for Christmas, bought me a really nice espresso machine and a grinder. Uh, a nice, you know, burr grinder that makes it just good, fine. You can make the adjustments and get the right level of coffee ground. And, uh, you know, it's an expensive, uh, I was going to say toy, but I was, no, necessity. Uh, <laughs> from, you know, and I, and I really like it, not just because of what it does, but because of what it represents to me uh, of my, from my friends, of, of just their love and their, their joy. So, um, you know, I decided the other day on Friday that I was going to clean it. Now, those of you that have been around for a little while will also know that one of my skills is not home improvement. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure why I decided to take this task, but I did. And so Friday morning, I was having a great time with Jesus. Uh, kids were at school or out and about, and, um, and I, I just got up and I thought, you know, I'm going to clean my coffee grinder today. 
So I, you know, there's some mechanism that you have to unscrew off the top. So I unscrewed it and I'm getting it all out. And I'm, oh, this is really good. So there's another bit further in, you know. You get deeper and deeper into stuff and then you get to the point where you can't get back out again, right? Oh, and so I'm like, you know, there's a, 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 I don't know, cup thing, metal cup, which you could, with a collar that you could unscrew. And so I unscrewed that and all, there's all the grinder parts in there. So I'm, I'm grinding it out. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I've got two years worth of coffee in there. So yeah, that can tell you that I'm not quite fully a coffee aficionado because that would be horrible because two-year-old coffee would make your coffee taste really bad. So I get like eight grams of, of coffee ground that's in there, that's been there for two years. I get it out. I'm like, yeah, this is good. So I start to put it back together again and the thing that goes over the top, to, which has the top grind, gets jammed. And I mean like really jammed. And, and, and around the top, there's a metal piece that's very sharp. It's got like sharp pieces of, uh, of very fine metal. And so I'm, I'm trying to get my hand in there to turn this coffee, this collar on the top so that I can put it back. Otherwise, it won't grind anything. And I'm getting cut and my hands are bleeding. I, so I get, you know, I'm like, this isn't going to work. So I get out my spanner and my hammer and I'm hitting it. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get stuff in it. Uh, I put a screw in it so that I could have got something to purchase. Because it's really hard to turn something that's round. Apparently, I didn't realize that. Okay, and so I put a screw in and then I bend the screw. And I'm like, oh. And this is four hours. And I'm going after this thing, eventually after hammering it and hammering it and hammering it and hammering it and hammering it, I get it off because it got stuck and I couldn't put it on or take it off. So I get it all the way off. And, um, and then I, re you know, of course I go to YouTube. I'm like, okay, YouTube, what do I do now? And I'm looking, I'm like, well, I've done all of that. I've done that, I've done that. And then it says, well, you know, you've got to be really careful. The, the, the thread is really narrow. So if you don't get it on right, you'll strip the thread and you'll never get it back on again. I'm like, oh, I've got to blown it now. Right, and so I, I kind of put it back on and it, it goes on like maybe two turns out of 100 and I turn it back again because it won't go any further and I put it on and it gets stuck and I'm like back and forth for about an hour and I'm getting cut in my hands and I thought, you know what? What would be a good thing is be to take it apart even more. <laughs> so I unscrew the in interior screws and I take all the housing off and I unplug some wires and I've got this thing left and I'm like, now I'm going to get you. So I'm giving it all my worth, you know, and I just, I cannot do it. I'm, I'm stuck. I like, I kid you not, four hours in. It's clean. <laughs> On the inside, there's no coffee ground left. Except for the fact that somehow there's a little bit of coffee, something, it's either I've stripped it or there's something that's blocking it on the inside that's stopping it from going all the way in so that it's fit for purpose. I could have put it back together again, but I would have had to have a coffee bean about this big to see it ground, right? So I'm like, oh, man. I text Ash. She's in Australia at the moment visiting a sister. I'm like, I think I've ruined my coffee machine. I, I look online because I think I must have stripped the thread. It's like $130 to fix it. And then I try and look at how I even fix it, and I've got no idea. So I thought, oh, I look on YouTube, search all around, can't find it. Go to Home Depot. Go to Home Depot. The first guy I see, I'm like, oh, hello. Uh, I, I need to change. I need to, uh, I've got a circle that's stuck. Can you help me unstick the circle? And he's like. Oh. Uh, so I'm trying to explain it to him. He thinks it's a plumbing issue. So he goes, have you gone to plumbing? I'm like, no. So let's go to plumbing. So I go to plumbing and, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to explain to the guy. And he's like, 
uh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. You know, show me these tools, none of which would work. I ended up buying, for the sake of a long story short, I ended up buying a strap wrench, a whole new vocabulary. I didn't even know a strap wrench existed. But basically what it is, it's a piece of rubber that you can attach to a handle and it, the rubber binds around the, the thing, the, the metal or whatever, and, and you can turn it. So I, I have the strap wrench and I, and I get it like 10 more turns. I'm like, I'm winning. But then it's stuck again, so I unwind it, wind it again, stuck, wind it. And all the time it's falling over and everything's going everywhere. And, and eventually, well, so that was, that was like, I, I came back after burning. It was midnight. Like 12.30, and I've got uh, Izzy and five of her friends from App who are staying with us overnight. And so I'm thinking to myself, young people, they're going to want coffee at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I've got no way of making them any coffee. So 12.30 at night after burning, I'm like, <sighs> it's not going to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go to bed, 1 o'clock, I go to bed, wake up in the morning, <clears throat> I'm going to have another go at it. Eventually, thank you, Jesus, it went all the way through and got all the way to the bottom. I'm like, yes, now I've got to put it back together again. So I put it back together again and get all the pieces together except for one screw, and I'm like, where's that from? <laughs> then I find it, I'm like, phew, that's okay. And then I look at it and I realize that I hadn't checked the, how the wiring worked before I undid it. So now I'm like, I go to the, the, the guys that are in my house and they're all sitting around chatting and I'm like, hey, anyone here got an electrical engineering background or anything to do with electrical? <laughs> no. So we Google it, have a look, can't just find a little something and they're both staring at it. I'm looking at it. There's nothing shifting. I just kind of put a few wires together, put it back together and Jesus, it worked. And so we had lovely coffee that morning and I, I texted my family that, that morning and now we got a family group text and I'm like, hey guys, I think I need to, maybe it's time to jettison this, this identity, this false identity that I'm bad at DIY because I just fixed it and I'm the prince of princes. And then I thought, nah, that's ridiculous. That's just fluke. Why do I share all of that? I share that because it's very easy to get stuck. All of us, we have areas of our lives where we have things from the past that are there that are actually contaminating what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. And so what we need to do is we need to allow the Holy Spirit to clean us out. And sometimes in that process, we actually get stuck and we can't go any further. And sometimes it feels like we can't go forward and we can't go back. We're just stuck and we don't know how to get breakthrough. Sometimes we're not even aware that we're stuck. We just go ahead. But the thing about it being stuck, the, the, the issue for me in that moment wasn't that it was stuck. It was that it was stuck in a way that would mean that it would never fulfill its purpose and its destiny. That des the destiny of that beautiful machine. It's a grimy, amazing coffee. But if it doesn't grind, then it's actually not going to achieve that purpose. And so the Holy Spirit, I felt like he was just speaking to me and saying, I, there are some people that are stuck. We get stuck when we're, we, we have things in our lives that are bringing about a contamination for us. And he wants to set us free. And I feel like there's a couple of things. I mean, just that spanner, was it that strap wrench? Well, earlier in the week on, um, I'll come back to that. Earlier in the week, in School of Revival Chapel, I, I was reading through, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me about from Zechariah chapter 4. And Zechariah chapter 4, it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, 
says the Lord. And then a little further down is to a picture of, uh, uh, he sees a vision of the two um, olive trees and the branches. And, 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 and the angel says, These are the, this is the anointed ones. And the, you could translate that as the sons and, of fresh oil. Right? And, and so I'm feeling the Holy Spirit saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You're a son of fresh oil. And I come into this moment with this coffee machine where I'm trying with all of my might to do something and I can't do. I feel like the Holy Spirit is like that strap wrench who loves to come around us and strengthen us and shift things in our lives and cause us to get unstuck. He's also, that strap wrench can also be people. Moments in, in God with other people where we go to people like Stephen Laurie for RTF or we go to HeartSync or we go to see various people where we, because we, we're stuck and we need some help getting through. Because there's, because there's purpose that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into. There's glory. We're seated in heavenly places, but, but there's things, open doors in our lives that allows the enemy to have, have havoc in us that causes us to, to always fall short, or not always, but often fall short of God's purpose for us. It's things like fear. You know, if God calls you to step out and do a new venture, open a new, start a new business, pray for your family, uh, go up to someone to pray for healing, whatever it might be across the full range. If you have fear in your life, that fear will cause you to potentially be stuck that will cause you potentially to not fulfill your purpose in the mission that God has given you. So you need to get rid of that fear. If you've got pride, it's the same thing. Uh, 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 Arrogance, uh, unbelief, doubt, sense of self worthlessness whatever it might be there are issues from our past there's there's things that we have that are actually causing us to be contaminated and for the fullness of what the holy spirit wants to do to not be come not to come into us and I, and what the holy spirit part of the prophetic word for this year that the holy spirit has said to us is there's a window of opportunity where he's bringing about purity and bringing about freedom that we get unstuck from the things that have bound us in the past there's actually a new grace to get through, to get breakthrough. And I, for one, want that. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want to see the Holy Spirit get the full reward, the Lamb to get the full reward of his suffering, which is in me as well, and then through me to be able to release the life of heaven all around me. And so we need that, those moments. John chapter 13, uh, Pete, Jesus is going around washing the disciples' feet. And uh, he gets to Peter and Peter says, hey, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, well, listen, if, you don't, if I don't wash your feet, you've got no part of me. And of course, Peter being the extreme guy, he's like, well, if that's the case, wash all of me. And Jesus says, well, no, you're already clean. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. But what you need is I need to wash your feet. What's that? What does that represent? It represents the areas of our lives that have come into contact with the world that are still dirty. We are clean in the spirit. We are holy and blameless and we're above reproach in his sight. And yet there's things in our lives that, that are, in a, in a sense, in contact with the world around us that actually need to be cleaned. The Holy Spirit needs to set us free. And no matter how hard we try, we cannot do it on our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the life of heaven. But we've got good news. This is the good news of the gospel. We never have to get stuck because here we have the oil of heaven and the life of the Spirit on the inside of us that is moving us to move us into a place of being unstuck.
and being free to be all that he's called us to be, free to be in the purpose that he's given us. And so, unlike me, who didn't have all the right tools, the Holy Spirit has all the right tools. He has the tools to help you get set free. Tools like humility, where we actually, when we're aware of issues in our lives, we repent quickly, which basically means to change our mind and to say, Lord, I'm falling short in this area. I need your help. I'm very sorry. I repent. Please help me. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he resists the proud, but he embraces the humble. When we humble ourselves under the Lord's mighty hand, which is really to say, I'm falling short in this area. He loves to come in and as, as it says in 1 John chapter 1, he forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. So repentance is really, really powerful and really key. Confessing our sin, releasing forgiveness to those around us, releasing forgiveness to, in the specific situations and circumstances that the Holy Spirit brings up, releasing the pain that is associated with that, that we get to be, that we get to be set free. One of my f- favorite prayers at the moment is in um, Psalm 51, uh, David says that you desire truth in my inward parts. And, and, and in moments, what I'm, I'm learning to do is I have that when, when I'm feeling the Holy, no, no my, I'm feeling myself get ar- agitated and irritated. You know those moments where you're doing something and your mind wanders and all of a sudden you realize that you're thinking about how that person really irritated you and how they're just such an idiot or whatever, right? Or you're thinking about how there's shortcomings in your life or there's, there's things that you're just concerned about. You're, you're worrying. You're, maybe you're finding anxiety. You're thinking about your finances and feeling there's anxiety. What, what is that? That's, there's areas of your life where you don't know the truth. There's inner parts to you that where, where actually you don't know the truth. And so my prayer is, Lord, I recognize that, I confess that. Would you go to whatever part of my heart that is worrying about that and would you speak life to me? And would you speak truth to my inward part, into my inward being? Because clearly I'm living in fear because, they don't, because I don't know you in, in that way in that moment. So please help me. And then of course we've got things like our authority where we get to having walked through things like releasing forgiveness and asking the Holy Spirit for his forgiveness and breaking off agreements with the lies that we believe and the deceptions. You know, the coffee grounds in that machine actually represent the deceptions in our lives. You know that one little deception is enough to keep us bound. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and change that deception and bring us into truth. And then it set us free from the demonic and set us free from any way that the enemy has, has, has his way in us. Repentance, forgiveness, authority. And then, of course, there's the power of our yes. There's the power of obedience, where maybe we've been struggling with something and the Holy Spirit is asking us to, to step out or to do something. And there's nothing like saying yes to God to break through by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' desire for us is not that he would give us a ministry, but that we would become a ministry. In other words, it's not just about what we do. He's after our hearts. He's going to get to the root of our hearts 
again, he's going to transform us to become a ministry so that wherever you go, you are carrying the anointing and the power and the purity of heaven to be a blessing to those around you, to be, to be the ministry of God around you. And his desire, the invitation, I, I want to remind you that we've had these prophetic words of the opportunity of the grace in the moment to step us into a new realm. You know, there are people, you can look all the way through history, where there are people that have been powerfully, powerfully used by God and yet got completely shipwrecked because of an issue of the heart. Got off into error and haven't fully fulfilled the purpose of God for them. My prayer and my desire is that would not be us. We know that the Holy Spirit, there's so much more to experience of heaven. There's so much more the Holy Spirit wants to do. The things that we're believing for and dreaming about and hearing prophetically, the billion soul harvest, the transformation of the nations, the reformation of Durham, Chapel Hill and Raleigh, the, the eradication of poverty, the eradication of homelessness, the eradication of fatherlessness, the, the, the removal of crime and prostitution and, and, and drug addiction and all of those things that we just believe in God for. Actually, the privilege, the joy, the calling of heaven is that the Holy Spirit wants to do that through us. And he wants to do that through us by removing all the issues in our lives so that we could become clean, pure vessels to fulfill his mission and his calling for us. A people without mixture, the Holy Spirit wants to pour out his spirit, come, wants to come in a major way to a people without mixture. Why? Because we know that the anointing, if we don't have pure hearts, will absolutely kill us. And I, for one, don't want to be full of the anointing and then shipwrecked. And my prayer is always, Lord, let my character stay ahead of my anointing. But please increase my anointing. And the invitation for each one of us in this ongoing season is to talk to the Holy Spirit and ask for his freedom and his joy and allow the Jesus to reveal more of the Father's love to us. That's why we do things like the Encounter Immersion Weekend that's coming up this weekend, where we will talk about who we are in Christ, the freedom that Jesus has won for us, the love the Father has for us, how to hear God's voice, how to partner with the Holy Spirit to change our thinking, how to get free from demons and get some deliverance. That's happening this next weekend. We're not doing that because we want more meetings. We're doing that because we want to be free. We want to step into the purposes of God. And if you haven't been to an immersion encounter weekend, I want to invite you to go this weekend because you will get transformed when you encounter the Holy Spirit. That's why we're doing our Father Heart Week the week after with Trevor and Linda. Why? Because we actually, for those of you that can come, I want to recommend you going because if Jesus' relationship with his Father was enough to change the world, our relationship with Jesus' Father, with Jesus, will transform us and transform the world around us. That's why we're doing things like the Epic Conference where we actually get in, we're learning how to put into practice the, 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 the thing, that, you know, what the Holy Spirit's doing on the inside of us so that we can be champions in the world around us where we can have business ideas and creativity that produce wealth that actually enable us to have money to do things in the community that need to happen rather than relying on others to do it. And why when, when we have those heavenly mandate and have, those heavenly thoughts, blueprints, we actually also get to release the life of heaven to the, not just to, you know, to the spiritually poor as well. 
where we get to pray for the sick and help people that are going through divorce or help people that are struggling with their families and bring the kingdom of God into the, into the marketplace. It's with purpose. The purpose, we're, what we're going for is that as sons and daughters, we're filled with the glory of heaven so that the earth would be filled with the glory, with the knowledge of the glory of heaven. Isaiah chapter 35, it, it talks about that, how there'll be a moment where there'll be streams in the desert and pools where there's been burning sands. You know, I would say each one of us, if we're in the world, there is a desert all around us. There are burning sands where our people are being tormented and uh, through difficulty and challenge and broken relationships and, and self-hatred and all the things that are going on. What if you and I are the stream in the desert? What if you and I are the, are the, the pools that are there to quench the burning sands? Because there's a river of God on the inside of us. Jesus said, if you, the water that I give you, John chapter 3, the water that I give you, will, if you drink it, will well up within you to become a spring of eternal life. What if we have the fountain of the deep bursting forth, which is the river, the river of God? And what if we have the rain of heaven falling down, the Holy Spirit moving powerfully? What will the world look like? It'll look different from what we experience now. And that's the invitation and the invitation from the Holy Spirit is to yield. To not be proud, to not be slow, to not be dull, but to be open. To say, Lord, here I am. Anything, just as David prayed in Psalm 139. Lord, search me and know me. See if there's any offensive way in me. Or I could translate it as a way of pain. And lead me in the ways of everlasting. because there's so much more to experience. I want to invite you to stand. So I just want to take each of us to take a moment and just talk to the Holy Spirit. And thank him for the window of grace, the grace that he has for you. The unconditional love and acceptance. Thank him for his good fathering. Thank him for surrounding you and drawing near you and capturing you, wrapping his arms of love around you. Thank him for the purpose that he's given you. The calling. Take a moment to agree with that calling. And to thank him for his intercession to make sure that calling is fulfilled. And then take a moment to just say, Lord, everything that's in the way, every blockage, every hindrance, would you release it and make a decision in your heart? I'm going after him. I'm going after purity. Sometimes we can get to a level where we feel it's good enough. But the Holy Spirit's invitation is to keep taking us deeper. 
and to fine tune us so that we get to the point where even the smallest negative thought he puts his finger on so that we can live in his joy. So just ask the Holy Spirit, give him permission if you want to, to come in and to address every issue of your life. And make a commitment in your heart to press in. And I feel like for some of us, as I felt said before, I feel like for some of us there is that we are stuck. There's a sense that we can't feel like we can't go forward, that we can't go back, but that we're just stuck. And I feel like the Lord wants to release hope. Hope for change, hope for breakthrough, hope for freedom, hope for deliverance, because He is mighty to save. And so if that's you, I want you just to confess in your heart, take a moment to say, Jesus, I feel stuck and I feel hopeless. And ask him to come and unstick you. Maybe there's just an area, a small area of your life. Maybe it's a big area, but you know, attitudes, thoughts, can't get out of it. I want to invite the ministry team up. And if that's you, if you feel stuck, there's two things I want you to do. The first is come and receive some ministry. The second thing is I want you, if you can, to sign up for the Immersion Weekend where we get an opportunity for and eat a Friday evening and all day Saturday to actually really go after it and encounter God. Because one encounter with the Holy Spirit can change everything. So ministry team, you want to come up, please. Those of you that are on today. And if you're stuck or you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and putting his finger on an area that you just know, I need, to, I need to deal with this, I need to get some breakthrough. And I want, you, I want to invite you up to, hopefully we've got a few more ministry team than that. <laughs> I want to invite you up just to receive, I'm going to come down and pray as well and just receive prayer. If you're stuck, come and get unstuck.